You're listening to Podcast Rescue. I'm Cliff Duvenois. This is episode 26. Hey there, are you struggling with your podcast? Well, then let's change that. Here, we're going to share the strategies, tips, and tricks that you need to make your podcast a thriving part of your business. Welcome to Podcast Rescue. Hello, my fellow entrepreneurs. How are you doing on this great day? As I'm recording this, the snow is falling and it's absolutely beautiful compared to the ugly brown gray that we have been having over the past few weeks. I just got back from a short ski vacation. It was wonderful. I had such a great time. I have, I have always liked skiing ever since I was a little kid. Unfortunately, I didn't do it until I was in college, but I'll, I'll get to that in just a minute. Before I left to go on my ski trip, I was having, uh, having drinks with a friend of mine, Charles. And he asked me, how many coaches do you have? And I kind of sat back in my chair and I thought about it for a second. And I was like, I have two, I have two coaches. Now the conversation from that point forward, and I kind of knew where he was going with this is that you know, basically these days, anybody can become a coach and you don't even have to be good at what it is that you do to see some measure of success because you can always find somebody out there that will give you money. So his standpoint or his argument for this is, you know, there's no certification process. There's no standard. There is no, you know, anybody could say anything online, which is true. That is why it is so hard to build trust online, but you can do it. Now, I know for me, I've got two coaches. I've got a business coach. I've got a mindset coach. And both of them are, are really phenomenal people. And I just simply would not, for the life of me, uh, think about changing either one of them out now. My business coach actually practices what she preaches. She's got all of the success that's going on. And she journals this online when she you know, talking about, you know, about this on Facebook and on Instagram and everything else. I'm very proud of everything that she is doing. And I want to follow in her footsteps because she's just doing absolutely amazing work. And ditto with my, with my mindset coach. She is always learning new frameworks to help people to overcome uh, the mental obstacles that we have. But plus, she also has this really natural ability to be able to pick up on a lot of things that I miss. And so for me, working with these two coaches has, has really helped me to improve the quality of my life, the quality of my business and how I approach everything. And so when I think about the fact that I've got two coaches, I, I know people out there, some of them got like five coaches or six coaches or whatever it is, every aspect of their life, you know, there's relationship coaches, there are parenting coaches, right? As just any, any coach, any kind of coaching that you need, you can always find, and there'll always be somebody at some kind of a level. So even if you think that you've reached this high level and you can't go any higher, I guarantee you, first off, somebody else has gone higher than you. And second off, there's a coach that can help you to achieve that. And I started thinking about that when I went on my ski trip, right? This whole conversation about hiring a coach, but specifically why? And, and some people don't do it. Some people do do it. So for me, I went on this ski trip and when I bought my lift tickets, I also bought 
a ski instructor. And I knew I was going to do this. I knew it. And here's the reason why. As I shared before, I've always loved skiing. Ever since I was a little kid and I saw the pictures uh, on TV or in a magazine or something like these people skiing down the mountain, it looks so beautiful. It looks so graceful. And I was like, man, I want to do that, right? I've always been very pro snow, <laughs> right? Always my entire life. And so this is what I want to do. Well, I, I finally start when I'm in college. I go to my very first uh, ski resort. I rent skis. And of course, I have no idea what I'm doing. So what I decided to do is get on the bunny hill and try that. Now, the bunny hill, for those of you that don't know, the bunny hill is, it's just a very slight slope. It's not like you can go you know, really super fast or anything, but it's a, it's a very slight slope. And I, most of the time you see little kids on the bunny slope and the instructors are teaching a class on how to ski and they're helping the kids learn how to work their skis and everything else. Well, there's no class going on that day. Fortunately, I get to the top of the bunny hill and I start down. No idea what I'm doing. Next thing you know, I'm moving pretty quick, right? I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes. You know, first off, this is cool. I'm skiing. Second off, I have no idea how I'm going to stop, right? None. So the only thing I can think of, wipe out, right? Sit down on the ground and hopefully, you know, my equipment stays with me, which sometimes it did. Sometimes it did not. I was crawling all over that hill to get my, my ski that popped off my boot and all this other stuff. Some lady, bless her heart, some lady took pity on me and she came up and she said, point the tips of your skis together and then, you know, put the weight on the inside of your legs. You'll act like a snowplow coming down the hill, but at least you'll have some control. I was like, well, you know, apparently the whole wipeout model isn't going to keep working for me. So I will try this. And I did. All right. I put the tips of my skis together and I would push down on the inside of the ski, like use all the muscles on the inside of your leg. And I had some semblance of control going down the hill. It was pretty cool. I made it down to the end of the hill and I was able to stop, right? I didn't wipe out, didn't leave my gear all over. It was just, it was like amazing. So technically, I guess that was my first ski instructor was this lady. I never saw her after that. So I couldn't even thank her, but I was just so glad that she popped up and said, oh, why don't you do this? Now, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can figure this out, right? I've made it this far. I can go to the next step. I can figure, you know, because ultimately you don't want to snowplow for the rest of your life. You do want to have your skis parallel while you're going down the hill. Skiing becomes much more fun that way. Well, decades would go by. I would go skiing and I would do the snowplow down the hill and that was it. Now, snowplowing in and of itself is not a bad thing. Okay, everybody's got to learn, but here's the deal. Because you are constantly using the muscles on the inside of your legs the entire time you are going down the hill, man alive, it beats up on your legs. Like I would go skiing for like two hours, like in the morning, like we get there at the ski resort at like nine o'clock or something. I would ski until about 11. And by the time I sat down to grab myself some lunch, my legs were throbbing. It was like spaghetti noodles or something. It was crazy. And I would sit there for an hour 
trying to give my legs a break. And then I want to go back out on the slopes because, you know, I bought this ski pass. You know, I have all this equipment. I'm up here. I want to make the most of my day. So I would do it for like another two hours. And like my legs would practically give out. And by doing this again and again throughout the day, I take a break, get back out there, ski for another two hours. Man, by the, by the time it made it to like the end of the day, like six, seven o'clock, man, I was like crawling into bed, like gone. Like I would pop aspirin or anything else like that to try to get my legs to feel some kind of like normalcy, right? But it was tough going. And I didn't go skiing all that much. I would maybe go like maybe once or twice a year, which is a shame because at the time living in California, uh, there was Big Bear Mountain and that place was just beautiful, right? There was Mammoth. I was getting invited to go to all these places like, you know, Tahoe, everything else like that. And I was like, oh no, I can't. My legs are shot from my last ski trip that I made, right? So I'd only go like maybe once or twice a year. And every time I would go, I would think, why don't I just hire a ski instructor? But I was like, eh, it costs money. And I'd rather save my money for something else. I can figure this out. So that's what I would do again and again and again. So five years ago, a friend of mine said, hey, we're going to go skiing up at Big Bear. Why don't you come with us? And, I, and this time was different. This time I said, yes, I will come skiing with you, but I am going to sign up for some kind of a class or one-on-one instructor, instruction, right? So I got online, got on their website. They actually had classes that day. So I was like, okay, cool. I will sign up for it. So I signed up for it, showed up at the ski resort, uh, showed up for the class. It was early in the morning. Thank goodness. And now keep in mind, there was like maybe eight of us in this advanced class and we were all snowplow skiers. I wasn't the only one. The instructor taught us how to do parallel skiing, like how to shift your weight from ski to ski and all these other things. So I started practicing that. Lo and behold, for the first time ever, skiing actually became fun. I mean, imagine that just an hour with this ski instructor. Now he couldn't keep his eyes on me the whole time because like I said, there was eight of us in the class. So he would say, okay, everybody start here and then let's meet at that, you know, hill like right over there. So we would, you know, all of us would ski down every, every, you know, some of us a little bit faster than others. We would all meet at that spot and the instructor would say, okay, Cliff, you need to keep your weight forward on your skis or, you know, Hey, Jill, um, you know, you got to shift your weight on your skis or something. There was always something he gave us feedback on right? To help us to, to enjoy skiing that much more. That to me was, I was like, I remember thinking to myself, why didn't I do this before? You know, why didn't I just shell out the 60 bucks to be a part of this class? Because within this one hour, he had literally leapfrogged decades, right? I was trying to watch all these other skiers, what they were doing. I was trying to mimic them, but I couldn't do it. So now he's actually watching me and telling me and critiquing me and giving me advice. And this is what you got to do. You know, plant your pole and all these other things. It was incredibly awesome to do that, right? To, to actually, to pay that because all of a sudden now, like my enjoyment was there, uh, my skill set like went through the roof. And from that point forward, you know, I was skiing a lot more. Because I was better, right? When you get better at something, you, you want to do it more, right? That's just how, well, at least anyways, that's how I'm wired. Maybe for some people, they give up. Oh, I'm getting good, so I'm going to stop now. But anyway, on this last ski trip, right? I've been skiing now, you know, ever since I returned to Michigan, I've gone skiing three, four, five times a year. And this time out, I decided to hire an instructor again. This was going to be one-on-one for me. 
And I'll never forget it because we made it to the top of the hill. First off, I made it to the ski hill. And this was actually my first time skiing this season. Made it to the top of the ski hill, showed up there. I wanted to do a couple runs to kind of get warmed up. Sweet Moses, it was like a struggle, right, for me going down the hill. But I wasn't bad. I was still parallel skiing. You know, I could still do like, you know, the hockey stop where you like, you know, you, you turn sideways and, you know, your skis are parallel and you kind of, you know, zish up to the, uh, zip up to the chairs or zish up, zish up to this, the ski lift chairs. Anyway, so I'm doing that. I got a little bit warmed up. I wiped out once going down the hill. I'm like, okay, Cliff, there's your fall down for the day, you know, make it down to the bottom. And then finally it gets time for me to have my lesson with my instructor. So I find my instructor. His name is Bob. Really great guy. So he's like, you know, I've been watching you out the window because I knew you had a lesson. I was like, oh, okay. And he looks at me, he goes, why am I here? <laughs> and I laughed and I, it, you know, my first thought through my head was, wow, that's a compliment. So go ahead and embrace it. That's a compliment. But the second thing was that I, and I looked at him, I said, Bob, I said, I'm an okay skier, right? And I appreciate your compliment, but I don't want to be an okay skier. I don't want to be a good skier. I want to be awesome. So that's why you're here. I need you to watch what it is that I'm doing and critique it because I'm forgetting things. He's like, well, okay, let's go down the hill and I will watch you. So that's what he did, right? Granted, I'm going slow, but I'm, you know, trying to do my skills and go a little bit faster and da, 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 da. So anyways, you know, we, we make it back up to the top of the hill and he says, okay, well, this time when you go, you know, one thing that you're doing is you're not keeping your weight forward. You have to keep your weight forward. You know, when you go into your turns, right? This is why you struggle when you're turning is because what you do is you have a tendency to lean backwards. If you lean forward, then it's going to make your turn much easier. And I was like, wow, okay. So as I'm, as I ski down the hill, the next time I'm focusing on keeping my weight forward, right? He gave me advice to fix one thing, which was perfect. And I focused on that on the way down. We take the ski lift back up and this time around, he goes, okay. So now when you're, when you're making your turn, you are not shifting your weight to the ski. So like if you're turning to the right, you put all of your weight onto your left ski, right? If you're turning to the left, you put all your weight onto your right ski. He says, you're doing it about 50-50. And that's why you're struggling with the turn. Keep your weight forward, commit all of your weight to the opposite ski. I was like, wow, okay. So now I'm practicing this going down the hill. And all of a sudden turning became much easier. And I know that if I can turn better and I can control the turns better, whatever it is, going down the hill, then I can start getting faster. Right. And that's ironic. It's one of the things about skiing, right? The faster you go, the easier it is to control what it is you're doing. I know that sounds completely backwards, but it is true. The slower you go, the harder it is to control. So here I am. I'm doing it. I'm having a fantastic time. You know, he, he gives me a whole bunch of other pointers and I'm just practicing again and again. And we get, make it to the end of the session. And he says, you know, okay, that's, you know, that's what I have to teach you. So I'm like, cool, it's lunchtime. It's a great time for me to take a break. So I do, which I honestly believe when you learn something new, if you take a break afterwards and then, you know, for like an hour or something, and then you go and try it, it's like, for some reason, my mind and my body picks up on it faster. Like I, I've had time for the lesson to soak in because I know that the next time uh, after lunch, when I went and took the lift up to the top of the hill, I was way better, like coming down. And I was still thinking, okay, Cliff, you know, plant your pole, you know, don't forget, you know, like I, I would feel a little bit funny. And as I hope oh, you got to put your weight forward and I would do that. But that's the reason why I hired that instructor again, right? The first time I hired it helped me like to leap decades over what I was doing before. And the second time was to even get even better. That's the reason why 
I hired the ski instructor. That is the reason why I hired the coaches. Because through the coaches, I get the benefit of their experience. I get the, the, the benefit of their talent. So because they already know what it is that they have to do, they already know the results or you know, whatever it is. When I sit down and I talk to them and I say, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. When they say to me, okay, Cliff, now you got to do this. I just do it. And the reason why is because, you know, first off, I trust them. And second off, they already know what the result is going to be. There's been multiple times where dealing with a coach, so the coach has said, okay, this is what you got to do, right, to be able to do this. One of the examples was when I launched my podcast uh, coaching program. She said to me, this is what you have to do. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do it. I have to actually talk to people. She's like, yeah, Cliff, I know it's tough. You keep telling everybody you're an introvert, but this is how you're going to find clients. You have to do this. And I was like, well, okay. And sure enough, I did, right? When I followed her advice on what to do, I started getting clients. And then from there, when I got clients, when people were actually paying, you know, she's excited because she's like, hey, Cliff, so you, you validated the price point that you're selling your coaching at, which is amazing. Now let's build your next thing, which turned out to be my VIP day, right? To be able to help people not only be able to give them coaching, but get them a podcast set up, right? Get all the technical challenges out of the way. Get, their, get the name of their podcast, the description. I mean, everything you need to launch a podcast episodes recorded. How do you start inviting guests? How do you schedule guests to be interviewed for your show? All of this stuff came together and, you know, like I said, just created the VIP day, which is absolutely incredible. And this is just something that I just started marketing to people this last week. So now she's you know, walking me through the ladder. This is how you do it. This is what you're, you know, this is what it's going to be like and, and all these other things. And I'm like thinking to myself, wow, this is incredible. Right. This is really great. But the only way that this would have happened if I hired a coach, because I know for the longest time when I was first playing entrepreneur, I was really struggling. I did not know sales. I did not know marketing. And I was trying to read books and, you know, trying to adopt these different philosophies and nothing was working for me. And, and then finally, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I will join this group. The guy that's in charge of this group, uh, he knows what he's doing. So I'm going to join this group because he's talking about, you know, rather than cold calling people, you know, try picking up the pen, put down the phone, pick up the pen, I think was one of his taglines or something. So that's what I did. And that's when my results started to fast track. That is when I started to really build an audience and build relationships with people. Ironically, it's how I got into podcasting. Just because I spent the time, spent the money, invested in having a coach, fast tracked my results. That's that is just the beauty of it. And that's the reason why. And granted, you know, there's, like I said, coaching is not something that has certifications or anything to it. Granted, some people out there, they do have certification programs, but not everybody does it. So you got to be very careful who you pick because there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, I'm a life coach and they're 18 years old. And I'm not interested in hiring a life coach that's 18 years old, just to be quite frank with you. So anyways, this is the reason why I hired the coach, right? Just to rephrase this real quick it fast track results. So for all these people out there, like, like I mentioned before, the life coach, the mindset coach, the parenting coach, the, uh, the financial coach, right? The business coach, the career coach, you know, all of these different coaches out there that exist. And there's probably a whole ton of them out there that I didn't even like hit, right? As far as the description goes, relationship coach, right? These people can fast track. These people can give you ideas and strategies and things to try. 
things that you, maybe you could find something online, but guarantee you that if you find it, they're going to want you to buy their course, right? Oh yeah, I'll tell you what to do. I just won't tell you how to do it. And that's just how it works. So anyways, for those of you that are ready to move your podcast forward, right? You've been doing the same thing over and over again, and you're getting the same results. If you want different results, if you're looking for a strategic purpose for your podcast to be able to really not only hold yourself accountable, but to actually have real metrics, metrics that are important to you as far as your podcast goes, as far as the impact on your business, highly encourage you go to podcastingwithcliff.com. Sign up for a session today. I guarantee you in that hour that you and I are together, it's going, your, the amount of podcasting or the, how you treat your podcast, how your business and your podcast work together will be transformed. So go to podcastingwithcliff.com, schedule your session today. That's all the time I got for the day. Hope you guys are all doing well and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Make it a great day. 